a certain way about it. And uh, I want to know if I'm on the right track, Q. You know what I'm talking about. Well, you know, Vinny, sometimes <laughs> when, you're, when you're out on location, there's a lot of different varieties of water that you may come across. Water comes in very many shapes and forms, and sometimes there's water that will catch your attention. And when you see some water that you may want to try. Well, also, you know, <laughs> you there's, say hello. There's first, yeah, there's 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 also some first round picks, second right. round, you know, there's right. So, yes. um, you know, uh, and that's what we've been watching yep. uh, for a while now. Uh, wink, wink. But um, yep. but Q, I, I knew I, I knew exactly where you're headed with that. Uh, and I'm with you. Um, so uh, but that's I'm here in Los Angeles in my <laughs> hotel room. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm playing it safe tonight, Q. Uh, but you have all the fun that you want to have. Uh, you've got my permission. Uh, you've got my permission over at the uh, Treasure Island. But obviously, Q, we're talking about uh, the Raiders. We're talking about football. We're talking about a big preseason game tomorrow against the Los Angeles Rams. I know uh, that most of the starters probably aren't going to play. I don't have final word yet uh, on that. We probably won't get it until uh, they strap it on and kick it off tomorrow at, tomorrow night at SoFi Stadium. But um, between the work that was done Wednesday and Thursday, I think that uh, even if the starters don't play, this was a hugely beneficial week for the Raiders here in Los Angeles. And then you, you, you throw in some, you know, not so good news with the injuries to Richie incognito yeah. and Nicholas Morrow. And from what I'm hearing, the Nicholas Morrow situation um, might be somewhat extended. I'm hearing uh, multiple weeks, maybe even, mm. you know, uh, three weeks or so. Uh, so that's not good for the, uh, for the Raiders starting linebacker. We'll see you know, what happens and what direction they go. I'm sure they'll give it a day or two to, to really assess things. But, you know, that's what you're afraid of, Q, uh, yeah. whether it's the preseason, whether it's practice, whether it's joint practices. Uh, injuries are always looming. Um, they're, they're, they're always in the air, and you just can't get away from it when it comes to professional football or, you know, football in general. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you know, especially in, in training camp and in preseason, you want to see the guys out there. You want to see them participate. You want to see them get better. You know, you get excited when you see them, but then you realize that football is still football, and you can't play it cautious. You have to just go out there and do you. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you can do. Because if you play not trying to get injured, you get injured. Now, when it comes to Nicholas Morrow, that's unfortunate for multiple reasons. One, he's going to be a key cog on that defense. Two, this felt like a year that he really had an opportunity to be a dude. You know what I mean? Like, really be a factor. And so if he's out for multiple weeks, I hate that for him. This guy came from D3 football. You know what I mean? He came from D3 football. There's not a whole lot of those cats in the league right now that have made it. Not only is he a D3 football guy, he's made uh, multiple contracts now. You know what I mean? Well, so he, he's, he's done a good job getting there. I just would like to see him have the opportunity to go ahead and, and keep that party rolling. But if it's only a couple of weeks that he misses, that's a lot better than the, what it could have been. Yeah, no doubt about it. And to put, and to put the uh, D3 thing in perspective, that's literally where the Raiders and, and Rams, the campus that they practice on uh, this week at Cal Lutheran University is a D3 program. Right. And off to the other field, uh, maybe a you know a stone's throw or a AJ Cole punt away from the <laughs> from the Rams practice facility was the Cal Lutheran football team, and to say that those are two different worlds is an understatement. So to 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 look at a D three team, which Cal Lutheran is usually you know pretty decent actually, um, but when you see what that looks like compared to what the NFL looks like, it's two different worlds. So. You're right for Nicholas Morrow to make that climb from that level to this level and then not only complete that climb, but stay here and yeah. get better. And like you said, <coughs> 
excuse me, earn a second contract, that's it, that doesn't often happen, and it has with him. So if he is out for any ex- extended period of time, it's not a good deal. And here's the thing, <clears throat> excuse me, there's, what, four weeks until the regular season? Um, and, yeah, and so that means that, yeah. you know, if he misses a couple of weeks of practice or three weeks of practice, uh, it, it might put that first game in jeopardy because that's a lot of time to lose. And, you know, then you got to come back and then you got to get back in shape. Right. So it'll be interesting, Q, to see how the Raiders handle this if it's a multiple week situation. Yeah, no doubt. And, and the thing about it also <laughs> is, uh, excuse you. And uh, it's the other thing about that is, that, you know, he's going to be a factor. He's supposed to be a major factor on this defense, which is obviously, uh, you know, a new scheme. It's a new uh, uh, linebacking coach in Richard Smith. Obviously, Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator, is pushing the button. So they're expecting a lot out of Nicholas Morrow. So now if you're looking at a guy that's going to miss a couple of weeks and if it potentially uh, rolls into the regular season, now you're Gus Bradley, Richard Smith, John Gruden, Mike Mayock. You're looking at each other and say, okay, what do we do now? Do you make the call to K.J. Wright and say, hey, man, we need you. We need you bad. Because you don't want to start the season with an L. You don't want to – and look, hey, things happen. I get it. I mean, it's going to be a tough game on September 13th against the Ravens. But you want to have as many bullets in your chamber as possible. I mean, I, I always encourage people. I'm not a hood dude, but I'll tell you right now, from the hood tendencies that I know, you don't take a knife to a gunfight. Okay? And it's going to be a gunfight on uh, September 13th at Allegiant Stadium. So you've got to have all the bullets in the chamber. If you are lacking and if you don't have 100% confidence in those guys in that linebacking core, you may need to make a call and go get a guy that's a a hired gun that you can get out there and and have a little bit of backup. No question about it, but um, I would would probably clean up the language just a little bit. I don't think you start any kind of negotiation with, we need you bad. (laughs) Like, I think, it, I, I think it well, needs that's to be, true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they do, you know, some things are best left unsaid, but uh, I, I totally get your point. And I think that, I mean, that's the position that they would be looking at, you know, like he plays that position. Right. And not only that Q, but you know, Nicholas has been calling the plays. He's got the green dot on his helmet. Right. Uh, I think that's going to be what the, what the plan is, you know, moving into the season. And so now you got to look at it from that perspective as well. And, you know, a guy like K.J. Wright, he knows the system. He yeah. played for Gus Bradley. Um, he might have been drafted, if I got, if I, uh, if I got my timeline right, by, uh, by, you know, by Gus Bradley when Gus was still over there in Seattle. So um, it makes a lot of sense if you're connecting some dots. Um, right. that's, that's something that I, and I've, got, I've got the calls out. I've got the texts out. I'm not sure what, you know, what kind of information we'll get back, but – it would seem logical that, like you just said, Q, um, you, you don't want to go uh, against two thumping physical teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Reverse that order. You know what I'm talking about. Right. You know, uh, w- without your top guys. And, you know, if you don't feel good or, or completely comfortable, I know they feel good about Tanner Muse. I know they feel good about where Javin White is. Um, you know, they, 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 there's a level of, of, of confidence there. But there's a level of feeling good about something and being like, yeah, yeah, we're we're completely okay with right. with that scenario. I don't know, man, if I would be that okay with that scenario. Well, the thing about it is, and this is something that we've talked about on the show multiple times. I'm sure you've talked about it as well. 
that there's areas of the team where I feel like they're pretty deep, and then there's areas of the team where I don't feel like they're very deep. And linebacker yes. happened to be one of them, you know. And so, uh, you know, I, K.J. Wright was drafted in 2011, and, yes, Gus Bradley was a defensive coordinator in Seattle. So, I mean, he's been there every step of the way pretty much for, for K.J. Wright. He knows him very well. Uh, he would be a guy that I look at and say, hey, I, I, and you're right about the negotiations. You don't want to let him know that you're desperate. But when he knows that there's a big, <laughs> a big injury to your linebacker, I think he already kind of has a good idea, you know, that, hey, you're, uh, you need me pretty bad, and so that might bring the dollar price up a little bit. But uh, I, just, I just think that you want to go into the, the, the regular season. You want to have as many chances at being successful as possible, and you really don't want to look at your linebacking core and say, well, we're going to start the season off with a guy who really should be a backup, but because of injury, we, this is the situation we're stuck in. You may have to make that call. Now, having said all that, Nick Wachowski is technically listed as the backup to Nicholas Morrow. How good do you feel about that? I mean, this guy is a starter. He's banged um, up. <laughs> he's banged up, too. That's the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. That's my thing. He's, he's banged up, too. And I do have confidence in him uh, because I, I like what I saw from him his, his first year with the Raiders. Uh, but kind of the story of his career, unfortunately, is he's had moments where he's been banged up quite a bit. And uh, we saw him go out in that game on Saturday against the Seahawks, and he hasn't practiced. So he's, he's been out. I don't think it's too serious, but, you know, he, he's, he's banged up as well. I saw him on the sidelines uh, in Thousand Oaks. He wasn't dressed out, but he seemed to be in good spirits, was walking around okay. Um, you know, this is a frustrating time of year for us uh, because without the um, uh, presence of an of a, of a actual injury report, week-to-week injury report, we don't know. Right. Uh, we can only speculate and guess, and, and, you know, they do a good job, which is I totally respect it and understand it, of keeping everything under wraps. So... Uh, we don't know what Nick uh, Kwiatkowski's uh, injury actually is. So all you could kind of do is size it up, look at him, watch him. What is it exactly? Uh, but he was moving around okay. Uh, let's just say Q. Let's just say he's good to go. Um, like he, he gets back on the field this week in practice. Are yeah. you okay with him moving into that starter's role um, and, and holding it down until uh, Morrow came back? Um, that's a tough call, man. It's a tough call. You know, they gave him – they gave him the free agent money to go in and be that guy, uh, even though it was a different scheme. Um, you know what? I, I, I'd roll the dice. You know, if you felt like you can go, I don't know, man. See, I, or do I want- you, or do you go get, or do you go get KJ Wright? And I don't, you know, we don't know what. Here's the other part about that. Yeah, I, we don't know what that what that um, workout looked like when right. he came out here to Las Vegas. Uh, he came, he went, and the way it was described to me, hey, just a just a workout, a look, see. Um, who knows how he looked? He may not have looked the part. He might not, you know, that that might not, not have looked as good as everyone is assuming it did. Right. That's a good. That's a great point. But you know what? As I was convincing myself to go ahead and just roll the dice with <laughs> Kwiatkowski, I was. I was literally convincing myself that that was the right decision. I'm going to roll with uh, go out and make the move for K.J. Wright because worst-case scenario, Vinny, you have some great depth. And I know that he's not just a depth piece. He's not. He's that guy that could be a big-time player. But, look, he played well for Seattle last year. The reason why they're not, they are not in a hurry to sign him back is because they have a lot of young depth that's cheaper than he'll probably be uh, right there ready to rock and roll. I mean, he did well for Seattle. And, I mean, sliding into that Gus Bradley scheme, he could be a leader that they need, similar to what you're seeing from uh, Yannick Ngakwe, similar to what you're seeing from Casey Hayward in the secondary. Yeah, you know what? You got to get to the playoffs this year. Uh, you go and make that move. You don't. Uh, you know what JT said at one time? Don't be afraid to make a trade or make a move to make your team better immediately. So, yeah, go, go make that move. Why hasn't he signed anywhere? It's a great question. I, one, I don't think he's a big 
I don't think he's real big on training camp right now. I don't right, think, you I know, gotcha. as, as, as many veterans uh, are. And then, two, I just think he's waiting for the right opportunity, and one's probably an injury, you know, where his price will be uh, driven up a little bit because he's, look, he's, he's going to get maybe one, two more contracts, and they'll probably be one-year deals at the, at the most. So I think he's trying to get the most money he possibly can. From the Raiders' perspective, um, you bring in a K.J. Wright a couple of weeks ago to get a look at him, to have a reference point. Uh, and, and, and it's probably one where, hey, we don't have the room right now. We kind of like our guys right now. Uh, but that can change at any moment. And maybe that moment has arrived uh, with, with Nicholas Morrow going down. Now, you know, we, we also have to keep in mind, it's been told to me, like I asked two weeks, and it was like maybe more than two, probably a little more than two weeks. So that gets into that three, four-week range, yeah. um, which, again, Q, that puts that first game in peril. I mean, you don't just, okay, you're good to go, um, you know, uh, four weeks from now and then go out and play a football game. It's, right. There's a process to get back to that point. It's one thing getting the health back, you know, the, the injury overcome and dealt with and, uh, and, and rehabbed and all that. But it's a, a whole other thing to then just step on the football field. Exactly. That's, that's the thing. And, again, you don't want to hear after the game, well, you know, our guys were just getting back into the swing of things. Or, oh, there are guys are just getting their legs back. I mean, look, man, it's, it's, it's put up or shut up time now. I just really feel like you got to go out there and you got to make whatever move is best to set your team up for success. And if that means going out and, and maybe overpaying for a K.J. Wright, put him on a one-year deal, I mean, he immediately walks into that locker room and he's the best linebacker on the, on the team. I right. mean, really, there's no doubt about it, especially with him knowing the scheme of Gus Bradley. He immediately becomes the best linebacker anyway. And then th- things like that, Q, because if you're, war- if, you're, if you're, you know, John Gruden and Gus Bradley and then, you know, you're, you're playing it out and in your mind, okay, then Nicholas comes back. We don't want to, you, know, um, you know, he's got an ego. He's got feelings. He's got thoughts. He wants to come right back in and step right back in and take over the starter's role. So then you, you, you're, I'm sure you're thinking about what the management that's going to be needed moving right. forward when everybody's healthy, too. And it's always been my experience, Q, that stuff ends up sorting itself out somehow, some way. Exactly. Even if you don't really know, you, you figure it out. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I forget what team it was. I, oh, I think it was the Baltimore Ravens. I can't remember who was talking about it, but somebody has said, uh, oh, no, it was Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah had said that when he was in Baltimore as a scout, he said that they went and they drafted Terrell Suggs. They didn't need Terrell Suggs. And I've heard you say this about Aaron Donald as well. Mm-hmm. But they went and got the best and most talented dude and said, you know what? We'll figure everything else out. We have a talented cat on our team, and he's going to make us better at some point. Terrell Suggs wasn't even a starter his rookie year and came in and still had the ability to go in there and make plays to the point where he won Defensive Rookie of the Year as a non-starter because he was that's that stinking good. Yeah, that, that's how good he was. So you go and develop and, and get the talent, you stack the talent, and you'll figure the rest out. You need it. By the way, uh, this isn't Gus Bradley's first rodeo uh, either. He's right. he's kind of known as a guy that understands, you know, uh, putting pieces in place to best suit their skill set. So even if you have an abundance of, you're going to figure out a way to make sure all of that, all of the abundance of rich, riches get used at some point. Um, and, you know, of course, that's always going to help in terms of keeping guys fresh. Yep having coverage in case somebody goes down it's a long season that's this isn't going to be the first injury right. that occurs and probably not the first injury knock on wood 
at linebacker or any right. other position. So, right. you know, I'm with you to have as many good players, even if it's a bit of an overpay. The Raiders have a little bit of money to, to work with. They can make that work. You know, this is like it, maybe it's, it's one of those things, Q, where you're on the fence about it. If you're the Raiders, like, ah, you know, we'd like to. Uh, but something like this happens and it, 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 it pushes things in the direction of let's go. Let's just go do this. Let's just go take care of it so that we're in a good, you know, in a much better position having to deal with the potential of what just happened happening again. For sure. For sure. Again, it's, it's a if you go and get that that talent, it's a it's a good problem to have. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. It's a really good problem to have. You have extra talent, and you're going to need it because we all know it's a 17-game season, never had a 17-game season. There's going to be issues. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be guys that are going to need to be, uh, you know, shoveled in there and, and, and substituted in because somebody goes down. So, again, that will all work itself out in the wash. Just get the talent in. I think that the Raiders need to go ahead and make that move. Yep. Uh, moving forward uh, now, uh, obviously, Richie Incognito, he was probably doubtful anyway uh, for tomorrow's game, as was Nicholas Morrow. I don't think either one of those guys were, were, was actually going to play tomorrow, but for sure now we know both of those players are out. Um, as it relates to that guard position, again, this is why you start – you can't assume things, uh, Q, because, you know, they go out and get and sign Nick Martin, right? And this is a guy mm-hmm. that has 70-some-odd starts under his belt, mostly yep. at center – but he has guard in his background. To me, Nick Martin is too good of a football player not to be on this roster in one form or another. And between him and John Simpson, who uh, has been making a push himself uh, for more playing time and maybe even that starting job over at right or at, uh, yeah, right uh, guard, now if you're the Raiders, if Richie has to miss any time uh, at all, it doesn't look like that, but you can never assume that he's not. You know, they're, they're in pretty decent shape as it relates to guard now compared to probably even last year. Yeah, without a doubt. And the thing about it is, you know, Richie Incognito is 38 years old. He's coming off an Achilles injury. Not an Achilles tear, but he's coming off an injury that he had that sidelined him for the whole 2020 season pretty much. So, yeah, you had to know that you needed backup for that. That was an uh, area of concern, and, and we've been out there at training camp. He looks good. He looks strong. He looks healthy. But you also know everything I just rolled out. He's 38 coming off an Achilles injury, so something could set him back. I don't know. Uh, it sounds good so far that he's not going to miss any time, but you never know. Simpson, uh, there's a reason why they drafted him in the fourth round a year ago. They knew that they were going to need him at some point, and he's a hungry cat. He wants to go out there and perform. You know, you've got uh, you've got Denzel Good, who, uh, to his credit, was a Swiss Army knife in 2020, was able to play multiple positions when, when needed, when called upon. Uh, the one thing about this offensive line, and I haven't been as concerned as a lot of Raider fans are, and, you know, Raider Nation, of course, we would love to hear from you, but – I'm not as concerned about the offensive line only because Tom Cable last year I feel like earned the right to show to say that, hey, I can get this done. I can figure it out even if I have to mix match a few pieces because I did it all of last year. He never had consistency, and he was still able to figure it out. So I give him credit for that, but you would like to see a cohesive unit all season long. We'll see how long you know Richie is, is out or if he's not out at all. That's great, but you feel good about John Simpson. I kind of feel good about you know the guy pushing the buttons in Tom Cable as well. No question about it. And uh, getting back to John Simpson, this brings up an interesting question to me. Uh, And I know Denzel Good, I'm sure I would be, if I was in his shoes, I'd want to start. I'd want to be a starter. Whatever whatever position it might be, tackle, guard, whatever it is. And right now, he's penciled in as the right guard. But to me, 
Um, he, he's such, you, you just mentioned it, a Swiss army knife, which is invaluable <laughs> on an offensive line, even as a backup to be able to cover a couple of different positions. Really, when you think about it, he can cover almost one, two, three. You know, he can almost cover four positions going left to right uh, at both guard positions and both tackle positions in a pinch. That's invaluable to have. My yep. question to you, Q, is if you're the Raiders, what would you prefer? Would you prefer John Simpson making a big push and saying, you know what, the guy deserves to play, and it helps us in a way as well because now we can have him be the right guard and have Denzel move back to that Swiss Army uh, role uh, that he's so good at. Now, I'm sure it's an argument with Denzel because I'm sure he wants to start. But, man, that would be really beneficial to the Raiders if it played out that way. A lot of those, that's on John Simpson. Right. And he's going to get a lot of playing time tomorrow. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, what's what would be your ideal situation in that? You know, regard? for me, I, I would address this situation as letting John Simpson know that he is the number one uh, backup. He's the number one guy off the bench. He's the guy that, that we call on in a pinch. And, and why I say that is when I was, uh, so, you know, somewhat early in my radio game, I was the number one backup. I wasn't a full-time guy. I was a part-time on-air dude. But I was the first guy they called if the afternoon guy, you know, couldn't make it or the night guy couldn't make it. And it made me so damn hungry, Vinny. I was like, man, you give me a shot. You give me a shot on the radio, I'm never going to give it back. You know, but it made me so hungry that I worked my tail off more, 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 to the point where I knew if you if someone went on vacation for a week, I was still in that spot. And that's how I ended up getting my first full-time gig is I stole a spot from, you know, being so hungry. If John Simpson can get that hungry to the point where he's ready to steal someone's spot, it like, hey, don't miss a week. Don't miss a week. I think that makes the person that he's running right behind work that much harder to make sure they stay on the field. And then when he does get on the field, he's just one of those guys that are going to say, hey, I'm on the field now. You're not going to get me off. And make make the coaches make a switch. I think that's the ideal situation. Well, uh, Q, you worked your butt off to steal that job. And look at you now, my man. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm all still stealing out. jobs. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, we won't go there. Uh, all right, we're going to go to Raider Dave is in Denver. Wants to talk yes. about the Raiders. How you doing, Raider Dave? Hey, how's it going, guys? I just wanted you to revisit the uh, IR uh, rule. And I think there was a couple different durations Maybe it was last year. It might have been been, uh, before that. But how many guys could they put on IR? Could Morrow go on IR as well as Incognito? And how long would it be for for the short duration? Yeah, um, I have not heard that they've changed that rule. And it went into into effect last year, not the year before. Uh, The year before, it was the typical listening to coaches, talking to coaches. Why don't we ever fix this IR thing? It's the stupidest thing in the world. You have healthy players that are stuck on IR because you only get a couple of pullbacks. And even that is an eight-week situation, which isn't always ideal. So last year was you could have as many guys on IR. You could get, you could bring back as many guys off of uh, IR. So there was, you know, there was a, um, and I think there was a couple of distinctions. Like there, it could be a certain, you know, four week, eight week, whatever the case might be. I think I'll, I'll, you know, during break, I'll, I'll check around to find out if that rule carried over uh, to this year. But Raider Dave, you bring up a really good point because it's archaic, the rules that they have. It goes all the way back to the days, Q, when they felt like guys or teams were were stashing players on IR as kind of a a taxi squad. Look, everybody has the medical records now. Everybody has video. Everybody has snooping around, secure, all of that. You're not going to, nobody's going to be doing that. Um, and and there, there, there's ways, I'm sure, to even work around that as well. So I think you need to be more up with the times. If it's a four-week injury, 
let the guy go on IR just like they do for baseball for four weeks and come back when he's healthy rather than having guys that are of lesser talent playing because that guy is stuck on IR. This doesn't make any sense, Q. Right. No, no, no doubt. And so I do like the rule that they implemented last year for, uh, you know, during the COVID year. And so hopefully they keep that moving forward. I like the, the expanded practice squad as well. That was cool, too. Same here. Thanks for the call, Raider Dave. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Q, your boy Q Myers. Uh, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. I'm in Los Angeles. Q is over at the Treasure Island at the Golden Circle Sportsbook. If you're nearby, go check them out. It's a uh, really fun place. Great atmosphere. Uh, so go check that out. And we'll be back in just a minute. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. We're going to get right back uh, to the Raider Nation listener line. But before we do that, I want to go over uh, the new rules. I, I wrote this, too. And so, uh, you know, you write so much stuff, you forget sometimes what you wrote. But uh, here it is. The, the last year's rules carry over to this year's rules, um, to this year. Nice. Uh, and that includes expansion of practice squads to 16 players, including up to six players who have more than two occurred seasons. What that means is a guy like Theo Riddick, remember last year he signed with the Raiders, even yep. though he had played like nine seasons in the NFL. You can have six players who are uh, who would have in the past not been eligible for the practice squad can now be eligible for the practice squad. So up to 16 players, including six who have more than two accrued seasons. Uh, you can protect up to four practice squad players per week from being signed by other teams. Uh, an elevation of up to two practice squad players to the active roster without removing any current players before 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the day before a game. Uh, and also, uh, there's you can now put, just like last year, multiple players on the IR. Uh, there's, there's no limit on how many guys you can pull off of the IR. Now, as opposed to the past as well, when you go on the injury reserve, no matter what your injury is, you miss a minimum of three games, Right. but you can be pulled off after that. Uh, in the past, it was you had to miss eight games. No matter what the injury was, if you went to uh, IR, you had to miss eight games. And what that caused, Q, this is the biggest problem of all. That's why you have that 53-man thing and the 46-man thing. Uh, too many times, teams are carrying guys at number 52, 53 that are – you know, they may miss two games, but you can't, there's no place to put them because you don't want to lose them for eight games. But so you carry a guy that literally can't play right. on, your, on your active roster because you don't want to lose him for X amount of games. You're, you're going to just be okay with not having him for two, two, you know, two games or maybe three games. I think that's ridiculous. I think that eight games was way too much. I like these new rules, Q, and I think this is what the, the model should be moving forward. I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, I do like how they implemented those last year. And last year was that kind of year where you can, you know, experiment with something like that and see how it works out and, and realize, like, hey, that's a pretty good idea. And what we were doing, like you mentioned before, is kind of archaic. So, yeah, I'm with you 100%. I think that that stays in place and they continue to move forward like that. And I, th I just think it makes more sense. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you just want to make stuff so it's not so complicated and you want it to make sense. And that itself makes sense. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Anthony is online. Wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Anthony? Hey, good, fellas. How you doing? Chilling, Doing man. good, Chilling. thank you. 
That's what's up. Hey, uh, I was just going to talk about the game tomorrow. Uh, I was going to say the position group that I'm watching is obviously uh, the offensive line. Uh, you know, uh, Denzel Good. I want to see him. Leatherwood. I want to see Andre James against, you know, Aaron Donald probably be out there for a few snaps, you know, and I'd like to see how we hold up against a, a true pro. Uh, so that's kind of position group that I'm going to watch. And then the other thing I was going to bring up is if you're John Gruden, are you wary about who you're putting out there tomorrow just because you might be worried that you have Rams players maybe taking dirty shots, uh, a little salty over uh, what happened uh, earlier this week because I'm not trying to have Brian Edwards' knee blown out or Ruggs' knee blown out or, you know what I mean? Like, I might be a little wary on who I put out there just because, you know, after how things escalated, um, I don't want it to carry over and, and be, you know, detrimental to the season over a dumb fight, you know, like we have, which I – Hey man, like we 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 held our own, so I ain't mad about that so much. I mean, you do what you do, but at the same time, kind of makes me worry about who I put out there, you know, because I don't want to ruin my season type of thing. So I'll listen off air, but you guys have a good one. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I would say no, absolutely no. Um, I don't think that there's any concern that anyone's going to take any cheap shots. Um, I just don't believe that Sean McVay would let that happen, and I know right. John Gruden's not going to let that happen. And if anything like that were to happen, there would be hell to pay for that player. And I was there, Q. I saw what happened. Uh, most of the fisticuffs came on special teams. Uh, it's, it's, and Derek Carr said it beautifully. You're talking about guys who are literally fighting for their jobs in special teams right. because that's their ticket to an NFL roster um, is to show that they can play on special teams. So you're going to get tenacity uh, on special team sessions or, or, or periods. Um, and, and guys are going to be, you know, maybe even going a little bit overboard in that regard. There was very few skirmishes when it came to, um, you know, uh, the offense, defense, 11 on 11, that, that type of thing. There was a lot of respect, actually, and there is a lot of respect. So, Q, I, I wouldn't be worried about uh, something like that happened. I think they got, everybody got it out of their system on, uh, you know, on, on Tuesday or excuse me, Wednesday and Thursday. Last thing I'm going to say, Q, is cameras are rolling when the games are going, and that means fines are <laughs> uh, are, are an issue. So if you yeah. want to be dumb enough to do something in a game, Q, you're going to have a big old envelope waiting for you when you return to work, whenever that might be, Monday or so, and you're going to get the NFL is going to say, yeah. We saw it. We were watching. You're fine. If you want to be that dumb, it's going to cost you some money as well. Yeah, no, no doubt. And the thing about it is, and I think you hit it off on the head right at the beginning, was that Sean McVay and John Gruden have way too much respect for each other, way too much respect for each other to, uh, you know, allow their teams to get out of control like that. Um, I think that, you know, we all knew that the Rams were going to come out and have a little bit of a, a edge to them after, you know, all the conversation about how the Raiders dominated the practice on Wednesday. And I took that with a grain of salt because it's practice. It is what it is. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. The other thing I don't think is you're going to see uh, the guys out there that you're 100% concerned about. Of course, you're concerned about the whole team. But, I mean, guys that are your starters, your Brian Edwards, your Henry Ruggs, uh, Aaron Donald's on the other side, Jalen Ramsey's. I don't think you're going to see them but for a second anyway on Saturday, and then you're going to see the guys that are fighting for their jobs, the special team dudes. You're going to see the backups. You know, again, and I'm not trying to make them seem like they're not as important, but as far as this conversation goes, talking about guys that can wreck the, the season if they're not there, I don't think you're going to see that. That's not the case. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Gong is on the line. I'm hoping it's Gong, uh, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna it's roll a family with that. show, dog. It's a family when show. I'm, hey, I'll, I'll just say before we get to Raider Gong, when I'm in, uh, you know, I do uh, I worked in Los Angeles. I go on Los Angeles shows still to this day. And there's one uh, there's one dude um, who calls me every time. Vinny Bong Senor. So, um, yeah. Uh, I like that. Uh, I'm going to start using that. <laughs> exactly. So, hey, that was – talk about trying to explain that to some kids when my kids were a little bit younger. What do they mean, Vinny oh, Bong? Wow. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, shout out to Petros uh, Papadakis for uh, – he's the guy that uh, always calls me Vinny Bong Senor. Nice. So, a little inside joke. But, anyway, out to the Raider Nation uh, list line. Raider Gong is on the line. What's up, Raider Gong? What's up, Vinny Q? Actually, it's Raider Gons. G-O-N-Z. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's Thank the mon- you, that's, that's the mon's fault. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Out of uh, 714, I don't know if Q's familiar with the area code. 714. Shout out to 714. I don't know exactly where you're at, but that's okay. I respect that you, you use the area code. <laughs> yeah, anyways, um, hope you guys are doing good. But I just wanted to um, say that I, I feel like this deja vu, like, you guys are talking about K, uh, the right linebacker from Seattle. Yeah, um, KJ Wright. It, it, it just feels like you're going back to talking about Vontez Burfecht when he first came up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when Pauly D was running the defense. I just feel like every year, um, not necessarily you guys, but every year as a diehard fan, we just hear, you know, a good player, a good story out of the training camp, and, and it just, it's just heartening, you know, because at the end of the day, the, the team might go six and three, six and four, but what happens at the end? They they flop, you know, and and right. it just feels like deja vu. Just like he always mentions, I don't want to fall for the banana and the tailpipe, but <laughs> that's how it feels like. You know what I mean? And right. and it sucks. Last year, last year, I can honestly say for the uh, maybe past uh, few years since 2016 season. I was the most uh, hopeful, you know, and I'm yeah. not, and I'm not one of those fans. They're like, "Oh, this is our year. We're gonna go Super Bowl." No, nah, I'm not. Trust me, 100. percent But I just don't want to be led. And, and again, like other uh, callers have said, if if the season goes bad, we're gonna blame Q and Vinny, and that's 100 <laughs> how I feel, man. You know what I mean? Hey, oh, we can take man. it. Like, we can take it. I, I, I love, I love that you guys are talking all these players up. And again, it, last year too, you guys were talking about uh, these other cats like Amik Robinson, and, and you know, and at the end of the day, they just ended up trading them. They ended up not playing, whatever the case is. But you know, it, it is just kind of, it's kind of hard to believe mm-hmm. that they're doing so good. The Nahobs and uh, Trayvon Morig and, and all them. It, it's just kind of hard, dude. It's just kind of hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, you're it, the word is skeptical, and also you've been burnt before. Let's face it, you've right. been burnt before. Yep. And um, there's scars that remain uh, when that's the case. And I totally understand uh, that that mentality. And 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 you're ca- so you're you're being cautious. You're protecting yourself is right. what you're doing. And right. I get it. And I understand it. And all Q and I can do is is kind of report. What we're seeing, um, and and I'll say this, Q. Uh, I had a chance on Wednesday to to stand on the sidelines with somebody with the Rams. Okay, uh, I'm just going to say that I respect them a great deal. Let's put it that way. Who was also 
up in Napa Valley a couple of years ago when the Rams went up to Napa Valley to practice against the Raiders. Uh, preseason 2019, it was John Gruden's first, second year, but really the first year of the complete strip it down, rebuild it, okay? Right. And I can honestly say the feedback in 2019 was, this is going to take a little while. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you, could, you could tell. Uh, and, and people who know football and were looking at that Raiders roster understood that that wasn't a fair fight that year against the Rams. You, you could see it on the practice field. You could see it on the, in the game. It was only a preseason game. But had they played a regular season game, you know, that would have been not good for the Raiders. The talent disparity was, was, was that telling. Um, and so those same people who were watching the Rams or the Raiders this week had a completely different perspective of things. Uh, and we were watching defense and uh, primarily. And one of the things, the feedback that I was getting, Q, was A, there's way better talent. You can see that. B, they're playing like they believe. They, they're playing with confidence. And as, as this person told me, that's half the battle right there. It literally is. If you don't have a belief, if you don't have a confidence, forget everything else. You're just right. going to be lost out there. So, um, and, and also, there was a feeling of this team is starting to fit the image or reflect the image of their leader. And that's, you know, John Gruden. So don't just take our word for it. That's somebody that who I was talking to, you need to respect because they know what it's all about. And Q, last thing I'm going to say is here's the deal. Every NFL football season unfolds at its own pace, its own rhythm. And there's all sorts of things that might be out there up ahead that we can't see. We don't know. Injuries, calamity, uh, you know, uh, all, all, trouble. You know, and it's it's going to ultimately be how the Raiders respond to all that. But at this point, it just looks better, Q. That's the bottom line. It looks better. It feels better. It sounds better. From what I've seen, it just is better. But again, like you said, it's an 18-week season, 17 games. you got to go get it done on the field. You're going to have to account for injuries. You're going to have to account for bad breaks. I mean, all kind of things are going to happen. Uh, it's it's the battle of the fittest, so it's going to be interesting. But I I understand where the call is coming from because Raider Raider Gons, I understand it's one of those situations, man. Uh, and if you're in a bad relationship and you keep taking that person back and they keep burning you, you're like dummy. Why did I fall for that again? I get it. It's right. just something that and we have to the, wait to see how it shakes out. Right. And if the Raiders want to be loved, they need to earn the love. Uh, right. So that's just the bottom line. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Q Myers in uh, Raider Nation Radio, 9:20 a.m. on a Friday. Right back at, out to the Raider Nation listener line. Snake Man wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Snake Man? Is that me? Snake Man, how you doing, man? Good. Uh, this is Tim from the Bay, though, so I don't know where Snake Man or Steak Man came from. <laughs> All right. No, no worries. Tim, how you doing, brother? Good. Um, my one, the thing about, you know... Um, you know, incognito's injury uh, concerns me a bit. But I don't feel like we talk about it enough on the offensive line. I mean, they did a game last year, and, and I, I like uh, I like our offensive uh, coach, offensive line coach. But, you know, when you have Andre James come in, you're having, you know, the lack of Rodney Hudson's leadership there. Not to judge Andre James so early. We'll see how he does. But it's it's just that. You know, he was the guy that put everybody in the right position. I don't know if Andre James is capable of that. It's nice to have Incognito there because you're not worried about Incognito. 
Colton Miller, when he came on, he didn't start out so well. And that you expect that from a rookie. And so Alex Leatherwood, I just I think he'll be he'll he'll be okay, but I don't think he'll be you know what we need him to be because my concern is is Carr's uh, protection of the ball. I mean, let's face it. In in history's past, when Carr gets touched, that ball comes out. You know, when Carr's protected, he's a he's great. I'm just worried about his ball protection. And when you have all these new guys who are, you know, they're they're okay. They're not horrible. It's just it concerns me when you play teams like the Ravens, the Steelers, some great defenses, guys that get after it. And it's just a losing cognito. I mean, I know he's, he's, it's not bad, but there's just so many question marks on that O-line. So as a fan, it's like, man, I hope hope it works out. But just want to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, is Carr working on his ball security? You know, that's that's something to really emphasize to him, that you may take more hits than in previous years. Um, good call. Well, to answer good the question call. about the uh, the ball security, uh, I would refer you to a uh, you know when you get a chance to go to YouTube and just type in John Gruden High School Coaching Clinic, okay, and a video will come up where John Gruden is speaking to he he did it on behalf of one of his good friends who is a high school coach. I want to say it was one of his former players who's now a high school coach. So uh, he puts this video together, and in it, there's a lot of practice footage stuff that we don't even as reporters get a chance to see during the course of the season uh, and some of the stuff that they do behind this behind the scenes when we're not there um, there was a long sequence of practice footage in which Derek Carr was doing drills completely under fire and one of the things that John Gruden brought up and this is a lesson that I think a lot of coaches are beginning to learn it's been a little while but they're 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 you know kind of perfecting it and adding on to it is you know, you can. It's easy to coach something up for the perfect scenario, Q, where everything is flowing right. Sit in, sit there in the pocket and make the throw from from a nice clean pocket. When is that ever the case, Q? Um, right. It's it's not often, or it, you know, it's not as often as you want it to be. So, what coaches are learning is that it's imperative to really, when you think about it, do it reverse draw it up and practice it in a way where all sorts of things is happening are happening wrong and you got to still plant your foot make the throw with the right kind of velocity at the right angle to the right place at all times no excuses so whatever might be happening around you you have to keep your fundamentals and you have to make that throw find a way to get the right kind of velocity on it to throw it where it needs to be for the wide receiver to make that catch because that's quarterbacking in the NFL. So to answer that question, Q, yes, they work on ball security all the time, and they go above and beyond that. Now, you know, things happen in a football game, and sometimes, right. you know, uh, it's moving a, a million miles a minute. But, Q, they work on that type of stuff. Yeah, they do. And, you know, I actually want to refer back to a, a, the interview that I heard today on JT's show with Rich Gannon, and, and that was one of the things he pointed out. So to Tim's credit, I mean, that was one of the things he pointed out for Derek Carr to take that next step. He does have to, you know, create that ball security and make sure that when it gets a little hairy in the pocket, he's able to hold on to the rock. And he brought up every point that you just mentioned. During a game, during the course of a game, there's going to be guys and their arms are going to be swinging around that ball. Derek Carr has got to find a way to hold on to that. that. And I feel like this, every single year he's been with John Gruden, He's found something to improve on. Last year, I think he started to use his legs a lot more, and I think he'll continue to do that this year. This year, 
I do believe that that's really where his area of concern has got to be. It's got to be on the ball security. It's got to be you cannot put that ball on the ground as much as he did in, in 2020 and really throughout the course of his career. He's got to find a way to keep that thing secure because, man, uh, I think Heidi Fang said it in the morning when she was on the morning tailgate with Clay. Uh, hey, man, take care of the baby. Don't drop the baby. You don't ever want to put the baby on the ground. Don't put the baby on the ground. So that's that's got to be Derek Carr's next step this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think things were a little bit distorted because I think three happened in one game. Um, right, they and did. Yeah, th- they come in bunches, and that was just a bad day all around. I was there in Atlanta. It was just I don't know what the heck that was out there. But um, so if you take that game out of it. Um, it was it was fairly manageable, but you're right. He needs to just clean it up. And you just even if you can half that, uh, or or make it a third or less of what the total was last year, that's a big step in the right direction uh, for him. Now we're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line because I think Snake Man is on the line. Uh, Snake Man, how you doing? Yeah, let's try this again. How you guys doing, man? Chilling, man. Chillin'. We're doing good. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm doing. Hey, a couple things real quick. Uh, surprise cuts, Vinny and Q. Um, John Brown, is he going to make this roster? Because I've not heard a whole lot about him. That made me wonder uh, because he dropped that pass, that crossing route over the middle of the field early in that game, and we didn't see a whole much, whole lot of him after that. Uh, does DJ Turner have a chance to supplant him some way? Uh, no, I think I think I think you know when you're talking about a guy like John Brown, uh, Q, uh, and you could chime in on this or poke holes, whatever you want, but. To me, if that's your fourth wide receiver, I mean, right now it's that your starters are going to be Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, um, Hunter Renfro, with yep. Willie Sneed, John Brown uh, behind. You know, th- those are the, those are your fourth and, and fifth Zay. wide receivers. And, and, and Zay's playing great, so I just wonder how they're going to find a way, if at all, to get DJ Turner on the roster because it seems to me it could be a choice between DJ Turner and Raggis. I think Raggis makes the roster, but, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But one more thing. Of uh, the defensive backs, how many do you think we can carry? And the reason why I ask you that is because if we could carry 10, that's going to leave a guy either like Isaiah Johnson, I believe, or possibly uh, Keyshawn Nixon, who I love. He's real scrappy. He's one of the best special teamers on the roster, um, off that roster. Is it possible for the Raiders to carry 11? Uh, defensive well, backs. And that w- that's, a, that, that's a lot. Let's count them. Trayvon Mullen, Keyshawn Nixon, Rashul Douglas, Isaiah Johnson, Casey Hayward, uh, Dom, Damon Arnett, geez, um, uh, Blighty, Ree, Wilson, Nevin Lawson, Nate Hobbs, and Amik Robertson. Uh, and if you want to go safeties now, Trayvon Morag, Dallin Levitt, uh, Roderick Teamer, Jonathan Abram, Carl Joseph, Tyree Gillespie. That's a lot of players right there. Yeah. Uh, who's 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 staying? Who's leaving? Q. I, I don't think all the. Go ahead. Go ahead. Snake man. All right. I'll tell you who I got I, for 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 uh, safeties. Morag, Abram starters. And then you've got Carl Joseph. And then, of course, you've got Gillespie, who's a safety. Then you go to the cornerbacks. Uh, obviously, our starters are going to be Hayward and Mullen. And you've got Arnett. I'm not going to get rid of a first-round pick, of course. And then you've got those other guys. There's a whole bunch of other guys. But between those, if, if Joseph makes his roster, that leaves basically uh, you're trying to get squeeze maybe six defensive backs on the roster. So, I mean, I think we need a guy with length because I think uh, the Raiders lack a guy on the perimeter with length. And I think Isaiah Johnson. I'm really rooting for this guy to make the team, but I love Nixon too. So I mean, who, who do you, who do you, who do you? If you had six cornerbacks uh, to put on this roster, who are they? I, well, this, I'll t- let me chime in real quick. I'll tell you this: it. if it goes down between Isaiah Johnson and Keyshawn Nixon, I'm picking Nixon. I think that he's been more reliable, and, uh, and availability is just as important, if not more, 
than ability. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon has been available. Isaiah Johnson has not. Um, and he hasn't, when given the opportunity to be out there, has he proven himself uh, slightly here and there? Yeah, he made the great play in, in against the Chargers last, last year. We all know that. But when I can point out the one play that he made that was big time, that lets you know that it hasn't been enough plays because he hasn't been available enough. So if we're splitting hairs and we're picking between those two, I think Keyshawn Nixon wins that job. Don't sleep on Rasul Douglas, by the way, and he's got the length that you're looking for if you're look if you're and you and you know as a reserve type of a type of a player. So I'd go probably Trayvon Mullen, Keyshawn Nixon, Rasul Douglas has three, Casey Hayward, Damon Arnett, that's five, um, Nate Hobbs, Amik Robertson, that's seven. What do you do with Nevin Lawson? Uh, he's not going to count against the. He's he's a free guy for at least the first two games. Right. So um, you know if you're keeping seven cornerbacks, does that make sense, Q? Uh, I, I, man, I don't, that's, that's tough. You know, I think that, uh, I think this next t- couple games will be really telling for Nevin Lawson to see if he can hold on to that spot, to be honest. Well, he's, you know, consider him at least for the first two weeks. He's not right. going to count against that roster. Right. So he's on the suspended list. So he buys himself a little bit of time. The key is when he comes back, does he come back or do you keep, if he does, that's eight cornerbacks. That's too many. So you're going to have many. to drop one. It'll yep. be interesting to see. Um, who that guy is. And, you know, I know a lot of people uh, um, could be a meek. What? What's that? Could drop a meek. That, that's that's a guy that absolutely, um, you know, could be on the, uh, the the cutting board. And as far as the safety goes, the Raiders like Dalen Levitt and he's a good special teams player. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I know a lot of people want to run him out of town. I don't necessarily think I don't necessarily think that that's right. going to happen. Uh, but, but, you know, we'll see. And it's uh, it's Tyree Gillespie. Uh, people call him sometimes Gillespie, but it's, it's Gillespie. <laughs> I've been told. I've heard different it's differing it's for pronunciations, sure but from the latest I've heard, it's Tyree Gillespie. And I'm anxious to see number 37 uh, out there. I think he's going to get some time uh, uh, Saturday, uh, plenty of time Saturday, along with you know some of the other younger players. But he's the guy that I know is in the Raiders' plans as well. It's Q. We've been talking about it. When you're talking about depth, that's not bad. When you when you're naming those players that we just named, right. there's a lot of pretty decent football players and some that could be better than decent. Absolutely, it's a good problem to have, and I think that the Raiders are going to be cutting some guys that have some talent. That's the other thing yep. to think about. So there could you be go. some trades too. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Q Myers, Raider Nation Radio, 9:20 a.m. on a Friday. I'm in Los Angeles. Q is over at the Golden Circle Sports Bar and Grill over at the Treasure Islands. He's going to be there about another hour or so, and or so could be the <laughs> most important part. Uh, we'll see. But uh, if you're if you're nearby uh, the Treasure Island, go on, say hello, uh, get some good drinks and some good food. It's a great spot to watch some sports and play a little bit if that's what your thing is. Uh, So go check out Q over at the Treasure Island.